Today is Wednesday, October 11th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Today is day two of the Israeli-Gaza conversation, and uh, we have different people with different perspectives. We talked to a Jewish friend of ours who gives a little bit of background and history um, on Israel, the formation of it, some of it you know, maybe some of it you don't know. It's pretty detailed and in-depth. It's interesting. And then we uh, get perspectives on the current events going on on all sides. Then we um, talk a little bit more about uh, Islam and does it really say true followers of Islam should be doing this type of stuff and they're bad Muslims if they're not? Um, we talk to people on different sides of that issue. And then praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. Um, you know, is stuff like this coming to our own shores, wherever we live and whatever country we live in, um, with the border crisis in America and, well, everywhere really? Um, is it incompetence or evil? Um, why is this happening? What are our leaders doing or have planned? So enjoy this day and share the links. Check out the Ask a Christian book on Amazon. Check out the Ask a Christian store. Grab a t-shirt. Support the cause. Sharing the gospel with people on the internet who need it more than ever. Take care. Have an awesome day. Oh, it's Rich. What's up, Nate? Oh, hey. How are you doing? Not much. Not much. What's on your mind today? Uh, nothing. I was just uh, discussing with a friend of everybody's about uh, Romans 2.18 and how supposedly everybody that does good things is what what he's claiming that that Paul's saying that everyone who does good deeds is going to go to heaven, which is not what it says, but. Well, that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, it's bar- it's Barthology. What can I say? Oh, oh well. <laughs> I, uh, he's like all the Muslims, as long as they do good deeds, they're going to go to heaven. And I'm like, doesn't Jesus say only through the son shall you meet the father? Only through me shall you enter the kingdom of heaven? Well, you don't understand. Their good deeds are what they're doing in Gaza right now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was and wondering then, how long that would take. <laughs> well, well, Nate, somebody brought up, uh, you know, well, how about, you know, God commanding, you know, the genocide of the Canaanites or this or that. And I'm like, God's the one that creates life, can take away life, and also restore life. Like, so how is it murder for God to command that, you know? And, you know, let me just say it, because apparently since yesterday, Chris and I are pro-genocide. Um, I'm, I'm not. Don't do that. That's bad. But we see what happens when, you know, like what Saul disobeyed, right? And he didn't, like, eradicate everything that God told him to, and he kept some of it, and problems happened. Well, whenever God, you know, commanded stuff, we can get a glimpse of what would have happened if they didn't do what God commanded and eradicate everything. What's happening right now? So what you're saying is we should... T- build a time machine and we should go back no i won't say that but maybe stop muhammad's mom and dad from uh consummating their marriage or rape or whatever his dad did to her i'm not saying anything (laughs) (laughs) just imagine how much nicer you know okay so i don't get i mean if people take their their stupid feelings out of things and just look at it as like a real problem that needs solving there's only so many ways, right, to, to solve problems and solve conflicts. Either peace or absolute victory over one over the other, or you continue just like cat and mouse fighting throughout the ages. Like, those are three options. If someone has a fourth, let me have it, but I don't think you're going to find one. That's just it. And when you well, say that, they're like, you're for genocide, you're for genocide. I'm like, no, I'm pro-peace. But if people can't have peace, then, you know, figure it out. 
And it, you know, it, it's, it's not a religious point. It's, I, I mean, it can be, but it's, it's like a personality bit, right? Some people would, would rather, I guess, keep doing that and just kind of like keep the enemies at bay and, and only fight when necessary, even though through, through the course of time that costs many more lives than just like, you know what I would prefer for myself. It's like all or nothing. Like, I don't want problems. I want peace. But if someone, you know, is like waging war to the death on me, it's like, okay, let's just rip this mandate off. Let's get this over with. Like, I don't want stuff on my plate. I don't want stuff hanging over my head. Like, if you're determined on a war, fine, you get a war and just like deal with it until there is nothing left to deal with for me. Same thing with like hostage negotiation, right? It's like, don't negotiate with terrorists because you see what happens. We're used to that, like kidnap three or five people and no one would pay that kill the hostages. And, you know, that's how it was. Now we have our dear leader who's paying like billions of dollars and all this other stuff and concessions to get hostages back. So now what happens? Oh, they kidnapped like a crap ton of hostages. So it's like, you can't feed this beast. Like you want to do something you think is like going to work and save lives and all this other stuff, but you're just creating problems. It's like, Look, be be a brave citizen. It's not the war you ask for. It's not you didn't ask to be a hostage. But if I if if I was in that situation, I would want my country to be like, no, I'm not negotiating. I'm also not a fan of pain and torture. I would want my country to absolutely decimate the place. Like, do the best you can to figure out where Nate is. Throw everything you have in that spot. Give Nate a quick and painless death, and take out everything around him with it. And then you know what's going to happen? They're not going to take hostages because they're going to be like, crap, remember what happened last time? Oh, you don't remember? Look, there's a giant crater in the ground. That's what happened last time. Let's not take hostages anymore. Oh, I, I got kicked off a stage of other fellow Jewish people who kicked me off the stage for saying this. I said, listen, here's a solution. Open up, force Egypt to allow the southern border of, southern border of Gaza Strip to be opened and give them three days. I don't care if it takes three days. Just tell them. All the women and children and the men who do not want to fight flee into Egypt and will open up the border. I don't care what we have to do to force Egypt to take them. And then whoever wants to stay afterwards, we carpet bomb Gaza Strip. No, no, no. You can't be saying that. And I'm like, really? Wait, why was that bad? Huh? Oh, they, dude, they kicked me off the stage. They're like, Gabriel, uh, he's like, you know, you can't be, you know, we can't have people rallying up, you know anger and you know fear mongering and this and that we have to be peaceful be better than them See, that's, okay that, i don't know man i mean that for me that just seems like a practical solution it's like look we're taking we're taking the innocent people like you know innocent yep. quote innocent but if you don't yep, want to be considered any if you, yeah, if you don't want to be considered an enemy combatant look here's our good goodwill like our good humanitarian will yep. like here's your way out if you don't take this way out, you'll be considered an enemy combatant. Get ready. So, I mean, you know, if, if I was there and someone's like, hey, if you don't want to like be considered an enemy combatant, um, then here's your way out. I would immediately take that way out. I mean, I guess unless I wanted to fight. But why is that bad? It's like, oh, there's a way out. All right, peace. You know what I was getting on earlier about, you know, the God of the Bible, you know, calling to like, decimate an entire you know group what we were talking about is i love the people and this is what really got me frustrated in the last couple of years with like a lot of the christian churches how they want to separate and create a new god in the god of the new testament and say that he's 
changed and become a different God and that he's no longer the God of the Tanakh of the Old Testament. And I'm like, he's the same God, people. Like, you know, <laughs> like it's just so frustrating. You know, I hear so many people that are like, no, the New Testament is about this Gruz Faba, love and peace and hippie Jesus. And the Old Testament is this warmongering, genociding bad guy. You know, it's like, I can't stand it, man. It's, it's the same God all the way from Genesis to Revelation. Chris, where do you stand on the issue? Yeah, I mean, I, I was saying, maybe I was telling you yesterday, Nate, I don't remember, but uh, it was interesting because um, there is some talk within the Israeli government right now about doing mass deportations to Egypt and Jordan, where these people come from. I mean, that's at least interesting to me. I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, do you think mass deportations is a is a is an answer? I mean, I, I guess it's a variation on the you know open the border to Egypt theme, but you know, I don't know. I mean, seems to I mean because you can't look. No one is going to advocate or accept the death of two million people. Like it's just not going to happen. It's crazy. I don't suggest that's a great idea. I think that genocide would be completely ridiculous and wrong at the same time you have to fix the intractable problem maybe the maybe the mass deportation of a million people to jordan and a million people to you know egypt would be a good solution i'm not sure i mean sounds fine to me yeah and anybody that wants to stay afterwards can get carpet bombed I don't the, the reason I say carpet bomb, I don't want the IDF soldiers to even go in door to door and like clear stuff. I want them to carpet bomb first after every all the men, women and children that don't want to fight leave. Carpet bomb the area so the IDF soldiers don't have to go door to door and get blown up and shot. I agree. And then after they carpet bomb, then they can go through and pick through the rubble and they can treat the bodies with respect and put them, you know, in whatever type of Islamic stuff that they want, you know, the way it should be properly buried and transport them across to Egypt <clears throat> and give them to their family members or Jordan. Except, see, it's just tough because still, like, <clears throat> you know, if you open the border and say, okay, if you don't want to fight, like, how many people who do want to fight and know what's waiting for them if they stay um, imminent death, how many of them will be like, oh, yeah, we're going to go across the border and then at a later date, we're just going to come back and resume. So it's, it's, it's really difficult, right? Because it's like somewhere you're going to find a balance between saving, between like saving people's lives, between saving people's lives and, you know, doing what no one wants to say. Yeah. Sorry about that. I'm, I'm bad at timing Asperger syndrome, but, uh, no, uh, I was just going to say like, just fortify the border and artillery and soldiers and turrets and stuff, you know? So, Mixed, I would like to hear what you have to say about this, but we don't hear anything from you. I don't even see him on stage. Yeah, oh, you don't? Yeah. Oh, there he goes now. Well, I got an Android. What do you want? Yeah, the expectation is low, Nate. It's okay. Yeah. Lower oh expectations. Did you ever see that on Mad TV? Um, did you guys see the the latest? I didn't see the video. There is video out there. I didn't look at the pictures, but 
apparently like a bunch of beheaded infants. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and it's hard to it's hard to know, right? Like is that is that real or is that like some like you know, like wartime propaganda like in Kuwait, like when they when they did a similar thing. And you know, because I mean, you know, surprise, but you know, governments have lied to people in the past, like you know, weapons of mass destruction, all this. So it's like if you want a visceral response that's gonna get people hyped up on emotion and like declare war, that's like the about the best way to do it. A bunch of like dead babies. But it's like, you know, yeah, someone needs to do like hardcore verification. Well, yeah, I know think... that that one oh, has sorry. been oh sorry. That, that one has been verified. So this one this one was by citizen journalists. This wasn't like a, a patsy or anything like that. Yeah, they said they said there was like forty babies that were dead. So initially it came out said forty babies were decapitated, and then people said that's not what happened. And then I looked into it and I guess what it is is that the some of the babies were decapitated. But all 40 of them were dead. And I'm like, serious, like, we're going to play nuance bro here and be like, well, they weren't all technically decapitated. You know, it's like. Has anyone said that they deserved it yet? Have any, have there been people that have like, oh, okay, so the dead babies deserve it. Yeah. uh, Lying Zion, his name is. He said that those white Jewish, Jewish, Ashkenazi, fake Jew babies, you know, deserve to die. Wow. That is her- that's horrific. He's a black like, Hebrew Israelite. Well, not just him. The whole thing is horrific. I know. Oh, yeah, I was going to say... Why do you think we keep talking about turning the place into a parking lot? Yeah. The the girl, the German girl with the tattoos on her legs, that her legs were, like, turned sideways. Yeah. Uh, they, they The mother heard information from one of the hospitals or from the government in Palestine that she may still be alive, but she's got like root severe <gasps> head trauma. So I don't know. They might just be saying that, but they're saying that she's still alive and that she's at the hospital with uh, like trauma to her head. And somebody's like, well, I think she was shot, but I'm like, you could, I mean, people have survived getting shot in the head. So, I mean, yeah, look at fight club. Hey, McSed is back. McSed, can you, does your microphone work? Yeah. Hello, good morning. Good morning. What's on your mind today? I was curious what the Christian take was on the Israel-Palestine conflict. Wait, did you know? Oh, man. we I guess we've been talking about it the entire time since you've been gone. Yeah, I was here listening and waiting for a bit, but there was a big discussion about the scriptural authority of Paul or something. Uh, who can give the quickest and also detailed recap of what we, we just discussed in the last 10 minutes. Horrified. Uh, there is talk of, you know, obliterating the strip. And we, I mean, I think the general consensus is, you know, unequivocal support of Israel. Mm-hmm. Right? Is that where we are with this? Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. where I'm at. It, okay. I, I don't want to like press or. What's the old uh, saying? Um, don't negotiate a yes. <laughs> you can press. Go ahead. We're already in it. It's a small well. Room. No, meaning yeah. I, I both agree with and yelled at uh, Uri yesterday. So <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if um, the Jews are like a testy lot that you might want to avoid for a few days. This is stressful on the community. A lot of them on Clubhouse, by the way, hiding out in like a bunker. It's like a room. Well, I want to find that because there are lots of my friends in there. Oh, they are tailoring the people that are in there. Like, I am I can go in. I'm just saying, like, it's a safe space, but whatever. Um, the question was, like, I, I can sort of understand uh, Western perspective. I can understand the Palestinian perspective, the Israeli perspective. In terms of the Christian perspective, my curiosity, like, I understand, obviously, the report's we're out, like we can see the pictures. I think already the Times is reporting. Um, I don't know, like, what's the consideration of like the policy? I mean, like, let I me do put not it this care way. about them. L Goodbye. Let me put it this way: get, get as the good, as the good Christian that wants to understand that Gaza is a place and like Hamas is a political movement that is getting support there, right? Like they're politically supporting them. Like, how do you feel sympathy for like obviously mothers, children? Like being held there, like yeah. Okay, so the, okay, so uh, well, let me just try to to recap right. this. It may it may take a minute. Okay, so there there's all kinds of stuff, right? There's all kinds of angles. Um, let let me just start with the lesser talked about ones, right? Uh, governments suck, right, across the board. Not a fan. Like they have very few jobs. Keep people safe. Don't steal all your tax money. So I, I don't really love governments, except my own. I totally love my own. Love you, Biden. You're wonderful. Um, yeah. Anyway, so was there some kind of deal? Did something leave to lead from America leaving weapons in Afghanistan, unfreezing six billion dollars to Iran, even though it hadn't yeah. gone through? Hmm. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a big thing for them to get a loan, even though the money's not unfroze. We like six billions coming our way. Let's fund Hezbollah. Let's funnel that down further through Hamas. Uh, let's support them. Let's. And a lot of the guns showing up and the weapons. It's usually AKs in that region. Now it's M4s and stuff that surprisingly was left in freaking Afghanistan. So it's like, was there a deal? Was this kind of like 9/11? Um, how there's a lot of like conspiracies floating around that. How many, if any, are true? Was there like some sort of agreement to consolidate power? Like when you think something like that happens in America, it's to limit the freedoms of people. Um, could something like that happen with the the secular government of Israel? Um, as unthinkable as it may be, governments have done worse in the past across the world. Could they have perhaps known, like, you know, there was there was warnings from Egypt, right? There was, like, warnings from people that something big was cover coming, and supposedly, like, you know, the government ignored those warnings or didn't heed them properly. So could that be because of ignorance and competence? I don't think so. Israel's pretty smart. Um, is there some kind of backroom deal where Israel stood down and let this happen in order to consolidate power and get rid of Gaza once and for all and reclaim it? Um, anyway, so that's, that's starting from the far end, the political side, uh, the secular side. The more religious side, you know, I do think, you know, God has a special place, uh, geographically speaking, um, and, and a special look at Israel, uh, the people, the country, the state, the nation, whatever, um, religiously. And then what everyone's talking about, look, I don't like the primary aggressor. Whoever the primary aggressor is, that's the problem. Like if someone, like I, I tell my kids, I'm like, look, if someone gets in your face, yells and screams and like says they're going to do all kinds of stuff to you, let it go. The moment someone does something physical, that's the problem. That's the person that needs to be immediately dealt with and stopped. So whenever these people immediately hang glide in, uh, you know, start attacking civilians, doing all kinds of disgusting things, those people as a Christian, the good Christian me would love for them to have a chance to repent, accept Christ. And, you know, turn from their ways. Um, but still, um, that person needs to immediately be sent to their maker for judgment. 
So, you know, if they want to repent and turn to Christ first, wonderful. Regardless, they need to meet their maker for judgment. Um, and then, you know, like uh, they say all these like innocent women and children like, you know, in Palestine. But how many of those, quote, innocent women and children, they may not take arms up except the ones that do and like throw Molotov cocktails at Israeli defense forces. At that point, they are not innocent people. They're enemy combatants. So just because they wear a dress and don't have an AK – um, if they're like fat, uh, you know, fighting and harming um, soldiers, you're a combatant. But for all the ones who are legitimately are non-combatants, they're not doing aggressive actions. How many of them still secretly support those who do aggressive actions? And then you have like, you know, the suicide bombers. It's like what? It's like if if it's like good and newsworthy, you'll get like a hundred or even five hundred thousand dollars for like blowing yourself up, especially if it's like on social media and stuff. So how many of these people like are bought over and it's like, oh, their their son was killed, their daughter was killed. Yeah, they wanted them to do that so they could make bank. Um, anyway, so there's all kinds of stuff like that. So I think one more thing, a religious point. Back in the Bible, in the Old Testament, like one of my Orthodox Jewish friends living in Israel, apparently they're in a quote relatively safe place. Um, I think they're somewhere central southern israel but um anyway he put up a thing which just said it great so i'll, I'll use his words instead of my own um and he's like you know a lamb uh what was it amalek or whatever he's like i get it now and i'm like you know that's not a bad point right no one's i'm not condoning genocide but what i am saying is all those parts in the old testament where god commands the utter destruction of everyone livestock possessions even women and children you know what happened? You know what would happen if that didn't happen? Because atheists all the time say, why would God even want the little babies and little women and children and all them killed? Because what we see in Gaza is what happens when that doesn't happen. People who are sworn enemies to you, if you don't utterly eradicate them from the face of the earth where they cannot fight you, they're going to harbor hate and it's going to be a continued like death match until the end of time. And the result is far more innocent people are going to be killed than if you just deal, rip off the Band-Aid, deal with the problem immediately. I'm not condoning that. I'm just saying we have real-life examples of what happened when you try to play nice with people who want you murdered. Um, and then they say, you want genocide, you want genocide. And they ignore all the pro-Palestine people who chant death to Israel, kill all the Jews, um, because I guess that's fine. Anyway, that is my stance. And then Rich said it, I think, best is because we don't want genocide, is give all the people who truly want to be considered non-combatants a way out. So either force deportation somehow, but I think the more the, the easier, more safe option would be force open borders between like, you know, Egypt and, and and create a corridor and say, look, you got three days. If you don't want to die, leave. And in three days, you've done your part. Level that place. Like lower the elevation like 10 feet below sea level. That's what I think. Yeah, or someone says Muslim or something. Give, tell them, give them three days, carpet bomb it, send the IDF soldiers get hurt, and then afterwards go in with soldiers and clear the place. Make sure. Yeah, just like Fallujah, I hate the idea of going door to door. Like, you know, by trying to save like one person, um, you could lose like 10, 20, 30 of your own people who are innocent. They're just trying to like stop terrorists and going door to door. It's like, man, I hate the idea of sacrificing innocent lives. Um, to try to save one person that you may not even save, um, some things are worse than worse than death. So, you know, like the hostage negotiation, all that. <clears throat> be like, look, we're sorry, it sucks. No one asked for this. You didn't ask for it. We didn't ask for it. The terrorists brought this on themselves. We're not negotiating. So, what we can do is give you a quick and painless death, 
and just destroy everything. McZed, I would like to hear your response. Yeah, and McZed, Gabriel kicked me out of the room for saying that about Gaza. Um, wait, Gabriel kicked you out for saying what about Gaza? About letting all the people, men, women, and children that don't want to fight to leave and then carpet bomb everything. Oh, to let them out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let them go into Egypt. Like, force Egypt to take them. I mean, we got enough power behind us. We could well, get the, you do Egypt understand, to There is a reason Egypt doesn't want them in. They're afraid of Hamas supporters coming oh, in. Oh, yeah. Right? Well, you, want to res- you, you want to respond to that whole recap real fast, though? And then we'll move uh, on to sure. the Egypt thing. Um, I, I hear your considerations. They, they, they make sense to me. Like, from my perspective, you know, it's weird because, like, yeah, Israel is a weird quasi-colonial project, and yeah, it does have historic claim, and yeah, it has a religious claim, too. It, it's racking up points. But um, from my perspective, it feels like, you know, what I assume uh, an Italian-American would feel if, like, all of Italy was on fire something like that, like obviously under war, right? Meaning like it's our country. That's the weird thing. That was the frustration I feel like Europe always had was that the Jews always felt like that was their country. And like everyone else just changed their mind. They were like, no, 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 we moved in. This is fine. We'll do it like this. And then like when they got completely displaced from Europe, the only place to put them was Israel. And like, you know, the world hadn't readied itself for such a thing yet. Even though they had been preaching about it for millennia. What can you do? What do you think, Mick said, what do you think about the idea that the, I think it's a trial balloon that some members of the Knesset are saying that the mass deportations may be in order. Like, what what is your stance on that? I don't I don't think so. Look, the real truth is before like the imaginary wall became a, a literal wall, uh, and like the imaginary wall was forged by two converging cultures, right? That that picked sides in a war, and then like one side won. And literally their opponents abandoned their communities, didn't give them to the Jews, just abandoned them. There was no like integration process because the Jews didn't want them. They said, take them back. But here's the other thing. The the community still always lived and interacted together like they were friends. I'm talking about like 50 years ago when my mother-in-law grew up. They grew up like next to each other. They traded with each other. These were like communities. They spoke Arabic together because like, um, what's it called? Her mother came from Yemen, spoke Arabic. They they were very, very close. But like uh, the the war and the success of Israel on the other side and the westernization of it, like the fact that her parents, Arabic speakers, have friends that understand English and the West and Europe. So they do well in Tel Aviv. And that's where their kids go. Meanwhile, kids in Ramallah are like doing what? commuting in to work for poor wages at the Israeli super system because it's just roads in and out. Like it's communities and roads. Like it's an awful situation. Like the best way would probably be if they understood Hebrew, 
really. Like, if you wanted, like, a simple, honest, good, like, wholesome solution, you would, like, wipe out the Hamas and you have a new educational regime that has a bilingual program at the very minimum of Hebrew and Arabic. And, like, you know, you monitor the curriculum. Because, like, wars are started decades earlier in schools. It happened the same way in Europe. They were saying kill the Jews for decades before they did it. And everyone thought it was just, like, political talk. Because, like... It is for a long time until the children take it seriously and pick up arms. And like, it's going to happen again unless they understand each other. I I, honestly, you really want to be like fair about it. Mandate Arabic for the Israelis too. force them all to understand each other until they knock this off. This is disgusting. That is a great take. Um, Exed, when you are in the community, do you say these things? And if so, what's the reaction? No, I don't. I, um, right now, it is genuine. Okay, here's one of the things I think about right now, because it is a state of war. My people are at war. This isn't like a terrorist hunt. It's not a police action. This was an incursion on the borders and people swarming in at the gate. Literally like every nation's nightmare. Murderers swarming the gates. And like we're responding to it slowly in a horrifyingly, terrifyingly slow pace from like every Jew's mind. We're all just like thinking this whole time. The Jews are in bunkers. And one of the things I like think about this, like I told you about the clubhouse room, is that like Jewish culture has like all these strictures and holidays, but within that is like different emotional outlets and different approaches for each one. This one, I'd say, feels the most like a state of mourning or probably closest would be Kinos on Tisha B'Av, which is... Uh, the day where we remember the destruction of the temple. We don't eat that day. We usually, although it's not like a day of rest, so we can still use electronic devices. Weirdest day. Um, And we usually go to uh, shul all day, sit on the floor, and tell horrifying stories written in um, Hebrew poetry. Um, Just like sort of outpourings uh, to God in solemn mourning. Right. And that's like our commemoration of the temple loss. And I think about how that like inculcates a certain style in like a bunker in a war. And like that seems to be the tone I'm feeling from the Jews in the community. They're feeling scared. They don't want to talk to anybody. They don't want to have to like defend themselves or hear the Palestinians give their other side. I kind of do. I'm curious. I wander out. Mostly, I just listen, though. I didn't really engage with them too much. You know, I, I, I usually kind of want to split the difference and, like, hear, hear all sides and come up with a middle-of-the-road approach on this one. I mean, I, I still would in a very, but like, a really rare circumstance. Like, if someone well, doesn't... I can tell I mean, you a little of, bit of my perspective of what they're saying. Well, 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 I mean, I think you'll probably be right, but, I mean, most of the people saying it, it's like, for whatever reason... These people are so brainwashed, like especially in other other countries who kind of glob on to the movement because that's what people tell them is socially acceptable and what to do. So people that have no attachment uh, to this at all, um, they're out there like, you know, waving flags and like, you know, death to Israel, death to the Jews. It's like, why? And, and they don't know. Uh, that's what I mean. So like if it's 
someone that's just like a sheep like that, I, I don't care. I don't want to hear. If I find like one person that's like, yes, I have a history. I'm from there. I blah, blah, blah. I have family there. This is our struggle. But yeah, uh, go ahead, Zed. Um, yes. I mean, okay. A, first, I saw silence. Like, I, I wasn't able to see anyone that I'm familiar with from the community talking much. Um, then I saw some, like, bigger rooms. It seemed like there were, like, you know, instructions. Or rather, they also have their systems of how to deal with um, terrifying, horrendous events that are military and political from their religious position. Like, they have a way to think about that and follow instructions within their communities as to what is the correct response. Then I started to hear some of the correct response from at least, you know, the more aggressive Muslims I'm familiar with that really pick up the Palestinian political side. Um, and it's mostly uh, that the occupation of Israel was always unjustified and that these are freedom fighters and that we can't even judge the way that they free themselves. Like if they go on a murderous rampage, killing indiscriminately, that's just them releasing themselves from prison. Like they're saying that we should accord them the level of justice we give to um, a, a human being escaping a cage. They're saying if they act like animals, it's because you treated them like ones. Like that, that's where they're going. And then, and then also there's a heavy amount of like disinformation of like, oh, really? You saw beheaded babies? Or did you just hear a reporter saying beheaded babies? Things like that. I feel like my instinct is always to hear both sides. But with this, um, and I said this yesterday, Islam is such a horrific religion, right? Like the, it just, it just is horrific and, and they don't deny it. Like when you talk to someone who is a well-educated, devout Muslim, they, they're like, of course, this is just, this is what we ought to be doing. They're just, they're following what their book says. Right. And this is very different from biblical text recording history. Uh, like, okay. And then the Israelites did this and then there was this. And then in the book of Esther, this violence happened. It, it just like, you know, the Bible is often reporting the news. We see instances where um, we're given insight into how God interacts with humanity, but we don't, there's nowhere that's prescriptive, right? Peter goes and cuts the guard's ear, the centurion's ear off and is corrected, like reprimanded and the centurion is healed, right? So, but the Quran and the Hadiths, these are books of prescriptive, indiscriminate violence. So the command is to go out, be justified and do this. And the problem is like, as much as I want to hear the other side, I have read enough of what they're educated in that I can say, this would need to be a complete reprogramming. Like you would have to take a 30 year old woman and like strip her of everything she thinks is true because to, to get to the core of here's why you should not behead babies, because this is what they're, this is what it teaches. I don't have, I have sympathy for the woman who's grown up in that situation and is now raising her children in this situation. But there's, again, you can't like go and deprogram each of these individuals. It's like, this is the repercussion of the horrific worldview you subscribe to. And so my, my sympathy sort of stops there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, I couldn't That's, have said it better. I mean, like that, 
in the end, like, that's the thing. The world can understand freedom fighters and they can understand humans escaping a horrendous situation. And they can understand why weird politics make for horrendous situations. They get all of that. They can't understand if, if your like first taste of freedom is to engage in the worst atrocities of humanity. Like I could understand if you make a military outpost, you want to like, you know, take some streets. You want to like, you know, solidify the borders. There's like a million things I could think of that are like rational, good, honest, like productive things. If you really care about good things to engage in this, it, it, it's a desecration. Like if this is what they want with their freedom, I don't, I don't want to know more about this culture. I, I don't want. Right. And it's not the same, right. But American history is my, uh, that's my wheelhouse. When Fort Henry was, I was just reading about this this morning for no reason. When Fort Henry was taken, that there was this conflict between the British and the war of 1812 and the, and the new brand new Americans. And so there's a fort with women and children in it. And the British are there, the British and the Americans are negotiating hostage release because both have hostages. And they start saying, we're going to release them one at a time to each other until we're out of hostages. And they negotiate this. But at just that time, the British army or Navy, the British Navy shows up and they arrive at Fort Henry and they say, we're going to bomb the living daylights out of this. And the Americans are like, no, this isn't even a military fort. Like we're housing some soldiers, but this is a family. And the British are like, we know. We know there are women and children there. We're going to hit you where it hurts. And they begin bombing um, the fort, right? And what the British tell them is that there's a the, the famous flag that's on the rampart. at, And so it's visible from the ocean, uh, this enormous colonial flag. And so they're saying, if you lower that flag, we will stop bombing your civilians. And the Americans say no. And so the British spend something like 24 hours with their entire Navy honed on Fort Henry level it. But the flag was still there. This is actually, this is why I was reading, this is the history of the Star Spangled Banner. The flag remained. And when dawn happened, you could see the American flag. But when the soldiers who were out on the water went into the fort to see what had happened, um, the flag was held up by the bodies. So the pole had been obliterated by enemy fire. So what had happened was men were coming and holding the flagpole up because they were refusing to surrender. And then what happened is as the men were dying because the flag was the target, bodies were piling. And so they started leaning the flagpole against the bodies until they ran out of people. And that's how the American flag survived the night at Fort Henry. So I guess my point is there are plenty of cultures that have survived atrocities and not gone out and beheaded babies. Like there's no world in which I can say, yeah, that's justifiable. I understand what you feel. Right. 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 I, I it's a beautiful story. So I'm uh, gonna... I've never heard that about the flag of Fort Henry. Yeah. I was going to put is. something yeah. in the side chat if anybody, anybody in the audience or on stage, Mick said you probably already have it, but there's an app called Red Alert. And if it, anything will put it in context, what's going on in Israel for everybody. Uh, that way you don't have to look at the internet constantly. Uh, just download that app and just turn on the notifications. And my phone is just absolutely blowing up with notifications. What it does is it tells you whenever there's any incoming rockets or terrorist attacks in Israel. And my phone's lit up since you guys have been talking probably 50 times. So, I mean, that's, that's 50 different times. And it's going off right now. But if you just download that app, it'll put everything in context what's going on over there. Thanks.
Uh, Sean, what's up, Sean? <clears throat> I wanted to ask uh, McZed, because I do believe he's uh, Jewish, correct? Is that right, McZed? Yes. All right, I think I've uh, heard you speak. Um, hello. Uh, God be with you guys. Um, I, I truly, as a uh, an outsider, um, I'm just, like, seeking, you know, unbiased truth. Um, yeah. And I want to see, like, as an outsider, just from, like, what I'm, like, personally seeing about this whole conflict, um, I want to see if maybe you know the history on the actual Israel or maybe somebody else on the panel does know a little bit more about it. Because I'm seeing one side saying that they're being oppressed and that Israel's, you know, oppressing them and they just want to be free. But I see them, you know, doing heinous acts in the name of quote unquote freedom. And then I just want to know the truth. Like did, did the Palestinians, you know, occupy that land? Uh, you know, is, is Israel, you know, going to somebody's home and taking, taking their home and saying, Hey, you gotta go live in a closet. I, I just want to know the actual truth. Like, you know, where does it all stem from? What's, what's the conflict about? I, I can speak to me almost like I'm a, you know, a newborn child. I really don't know the, you know, Middle East problems, so I would love to hear your your perspective. Okay. Um, well, it involves a lot of Christian history and mythology and Jewish history, uh, not mythology. If you want to say like Jewish mythology, it'd be like way earlier. Uh, at some point, the Jews had sovereignty in the land of Israel, lost it, got it back, had sovereignty again. It was divisive and had like this weird hybrid culture that existed internationally because of the first expulsion. Then there's another expulsion. Rome destroys it. They get off. But like, I think part of the existence is like their international nature. I think like they get like this sort of propagandist ability because they all share this one interest on this one land. And because of the empires of the world have been spread out and translated into a bunch of different languages. So like, Normally, someone that speaks Mandarin wouldn't care what happens on the coast of the Mediterranean. But if he's Jewish, he does. And he'll talk about it with the other people that speak Mandarin. Um, so, like, this kind of thing happened. Rome destroys Israel. They end up in Europe and are still, like, dispersed. Eventually, in the 1800s, this nationalism is, like, picking up. The, the way the Jews existed um, in Europe was, like, sort of um, a non-citizen like the citizen, there were no citizens. You were serfs and like slaves to the state, king, lord, whatever. And the Jews were not. The Jews were like outsiders because they weren't Christian. No one trusted them. They like lived as outsiders. But then they also like existed within them. Like they had like a court Jew. And like they used the Jew with their like international ties to make like banking systems and like innovate different things. Because like the Jews were excluded from farming. So they innovated in non-farming crafts, creating some uh you know industry they, they grew up together the jews and the europeans but the europeans got very very nationalistic and never actually liked the jews like they, they always excluded them and there were occasional skirmishes and brush-ups and when nationalism caught on we were like oh let's go with these monocultures the jews were a question a problem and at the same time like while this is developing the jews are aware of this and are developing their zionist scheme of like listen whatever we'll have some colonies in Israel, Palestine at that time. They bought land, they got agreements, they had international uh, deals, they got a lot of uh, big higher up, like Britain got control of it after the Ottoman Empire fell in World War I. Ottoman Empire sided with Germany, 
Germany was deemed the loser of World War I, even though they kind of argued with that for a few years. And then Ottoman Empire falls because England thought that they would support them, but they uh, didn't. So they bashed them as a paper tiger because it was sort of defunct. It wasn't a modern military. Couldn't really withstand the Brits. They destroyed them. Take over Israel. They then become stewards as the Jews are engaged in their like nationalistic project. And there's plenty of space and land and they're working fine. But like there's brush ups. The Arabs don't like them there. They're saying like you're invading you don't belong here. What are the British doing here? We just got rid of the Ottomans. We didn't like them either, right? They, they don't like anything that's going on. Meanwhile, the Europeans are dealing with their humanitarian crisis of inventing nationalism by answering the Jewish question with an extermination camp from the Germans. That's their proposal. Europe's not exactly against it for a bit, but eventually Europe gets on board and stops them. Um, and the thing is, in Germany's extermination project, they had wiped away Jewish existence in Europe. They took it. They, they took the towns. They took the families. Like, it, people came back, the survivors, you know, the ones that didn't die, came back to their families and like, nope, this isn't your house anymore. Polish speakers and German speakers were telling them. Sometimes Russians. Russians actually gave uh, more shelter. Uh, they, they saved them uh, because of their system. But the Germans in, uh, decimated their European project. A lot of Poland, Czechoslovakia, um, Eastern Europe, and like Germany, a bunch, wiped away. And it's like they weren't there. Sometimes they offered it back. But like these people had been turned on by their neighbors, uh, reported, hunted. Uh, they didn't feel um, at home in Europe anymore. So now you had a refugee crisis of millions that no country wanted, except for one tiny little settlement that had thought about 50 years in the future in Israel. And they they Did wanted them it. to come in. Oh, you're cutting out, Mixen. Sorry. Um, the Israelis at, at the uh, early Zionist state, they wanted the refugees from the Holocaust. Because, Dad, you know what I heard too, and you, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that uh, being a Jew has nothing to do with religion. You can actually like not believe in God and still be Jewish. Yes. Um, the standards of Judaism—it's it, an old like tribal system that developed into roughly a state by way of federation like it's it it's roughly the equivalent of a modern state forged through tribal federation rather than uh through conquest from some overlord and like a re-education program These, wait real quick um before we go down the ethnic versus political versus religious could you the end could of the you, history yeah could Sorry. you pick up at the end of world war ii and keep going because okay. i'm just like riveted yeah Sorry. Um, the no, you're good. Zionist... I want to return to that question, but I, yeah, I want to, I want sure, you to finish sure. what you're on. Um, the early Zionist settlers um, offered shelter to the refugees, but the Arabs didn't want them there, knowing that that's a massive amount of Jews from Europe to let into their lands. And the Zionists didn't care. They said, there's enough space. 
We'll stack them in our beds. Oh no, Zed, is there some way you can fix your connection? You're starting Sorry. to cut out or not really bad. Sorry. Um, they offered them shelter and they were willing to take the desert and take whatever they could. But the Arabs, um, well, okay, so the Arabs refused. The Zionists declared that they would let them in no matter what. And the Brits were terrified. They didn't know what to do, so they pushed it to the United Nations, a newly invented construction of mostly imperial puppet states, to discuss what to do with the Jews that had been displaced from Europe, had an ancestral homeland of Israel that they had never forgotten, and the indigenous peoples that had sprouted up in the advent of the destruction of the Jewish state. And they said the best idea for everyone under their guidance, which was under the Peel Commission and under the UN, based on a discussion and investigation, was to separate the two regions roughly in what you see, that the Palestinians would have, uh, you know, the Gaza on the west side and the West Bank on the east side, just to confuse things. Um, Judea and Samaria was given to the Gazans and like Jordan. Jordan also was constructed uh, by this uh, existence. They weren't separate at first. The West Bank was part of Jordan and Gaza was part of Egypt, but A, like, the, so these were just part of functional states, supposedly, we would presume, really just vestiges of uh, villages from the Ottoman Empire. But then everyone declares war on Israel. They refuse to allow Israel to um, let in all of these people exist themselves within the confines that the UN permitted. The Jews obviously said yes. The Arabs said no. Israel declares independence the very next day. Five Arab armies declare war, uh, justice uh, to destroy the Israel project. Um, eventually, after several wars, um, the borders roughly end up as they are because Gaza and the West Bank uh, were part of Jordan and Egypt, like I said, but they got kind of cut off and abandoned. Israel had obviously occupied them because of the natural geography of the area just sort of takes in those loose ends. But when they did, and Israel held it, they didn't want to like dislodge these people from their homes. So they tried to negotiate with Egypt and Jordan to take them back. They didn't want them, which is really a human, is a human rights violation. They disavowed their citizenship. They said, you were never part of Jordan or Egypt. You're always part of Palestine. And thus Palestine was created. So they are the, um, severed limbs of the army against the Israeli state. And they're still, you know, they're not severed limbs. They're people. So they're alive and breathing, reproducing, teaching themselves exactly what they think about the Israeli project and what they should do to deal with it. So, Sean, are you done, Mixed? Yeah. I was going to add just a quick thing. So I'm, I'm Jewish on my mother's side and on my mother's father's side is Native American. So like, there's a really good context of what I could like dumb it down, even down even more is what I try to explain to people that don't know anything about the conflict is, you know, like uh, the East Bay nations, like the Cherokees and all that were taken across on the trail of tears to Oklahoma. Imagine you have these indigenous people in North Carolina that are marched to Oklahoma. Like they were, the Jews were kicked out of Israel in 70, 80. They were taken to Oklahoma and then say 2000 years later, the United States government shows up to Oklahoma and says, Hey, you know what? 
you guys can have your land back in, you know, uh, North Carolina. Those Native American people go back to North Carolina, and now they find the Ulster County Scotch-Irish, which would represent the Palestinians living there. And they, and in essence, say, hey, let's share this land. And the Irish say, the Ulster County Scotch-Irish say, hell no. And next thing you know, it's just constant fighting. They don't want to share the land. Even the, the Cherokees are like, listen, we'll share the land, split it 50-50. You know, we can live together and stuff and just get along. And they're like, no, we're not going to have these filthy Native Americans live with us. I mean, that's like the easiest way to dumb it down. I appreciate that. That's exactly what I like, how I was seeing it as well. Uh, yeah, but they're an indigenous like, people to that land, the Israelis are. Well, they're constantly finding stuff like, you know, 2,000, 4,000 years old. Like, you know, there's like, what, a like mural to King David or something. Like, I mean, no one can realistically deny it. I mean, people do, but, <clears throat> you know, propaganda going to propagandize. But, McZed, uh, could you get back to where you were before Steph um, had you finish that up? Um, whatever you were about to say about the thing you were about to say, if you remember. Um, okay, so part of the difficulty of Gaza and the West Bank um, is that they are integrated into Israeli society. They are brothers. The problem is they have uh, they are still a separate community. They speak a separate language, have separate neighborhoods, and extremist elements gain support because like there's always gripes against the state meaning think of it as like if in america like there were a good solid few states that just spoke spanish it'd be very confusing at um the federal level and like eventually we wouldn't be surprised if some militia elements of the spanish-speaking few states start waging war on the english-speaking states that's part of the, the difficulty with languages. And they are there with their own language. And a bunch of them just commute in daily with special passes that they have to like go through checkpoints because of the crazy extremists that try to get weapons and literally just slaughter people. Like, like they'll send children with knives because they think it's like a glorious, um, righteous cause to just like kill any Israeli they find. If you could think of it as almost like early... Um, frontier uh, Native American uh, attempts at uh, English people moving in, like setting up their own communities, being nice and polite into themselves, and then and the Natives simply saying, great, you get past this hill, I don't care what you are, I'm taking your scalp, right? Meaning it's their region and they're just going to deal with that, they're going to communicate in as simple and clear a way as they can. And I'm saying like the extremist elements they're really, they, they think, partly they're supported by like this propagandist effort, but they believe that the entire 2 billion Muslims of the world are supporting their efforts. They're, now, I they're watch... not even completely wrong. If you look on the, the channels, like they get cheered on. Like I told you, the people on Clubhouse, they're still supporting them. Now I watched a, uh, last night, um, I'm sure you heard of him. I watch a, a lot of Ben Shapiro. Uh, Personally, I love the man. Uh, so I wanted to try to like to see what he was going to say about the whole thing. And I watched his uh, his one hour show. And when I tell you, I can't even like I it's like burned in my eyelids. The episode that he did and what they did to you guys or, you know, the Israel, Israeli people on Saturday is just like literally burnt into my 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 memory, man. I can't even like unsee it. Just the barbaricness. Would you say this was Ben Shapiro? I yeah, if you watch his episode, yeah. it's uh. Yeah, this I is can't. Like, 
I saw his opener to it where he says, look, I, you know, you have, you have to, you have to, Steph, please do it. Please do don't, it. Steph. Don't, don't force people. I, I've seen the images. Don't force people to see those things. But that's, oh, but you got to see the truth, man. You have to see the truth, unfortunately. It, it, people can see it if they want to, you know, it's encouraged, but like know yourself and like, they're shocking. They're like the Jewish communities from every school I've heard from every Jew I know have been telling people like delete the apps from your children's phone. Things are being spread. The, the theory, they're afraid that they're taking photos and that they're going to bomb with like other images that they have themselves because they have, they kidnapped a lot of people. They took, uh, I, I don't know, was it 200? There are 200 that the Israelis are now hunting for in Gaza. Hey, uh, real quick. Good adult. Uh, yeah, I think you um, joined yesterday and we didn't get to you before you left. So sorry about that. What's up, good adult? Um, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Uh, I know how it goes. Um, uh, my, well, I had a few questions, but uh, I don't want to. Well, actually, I'll make my question uh, at, to the topic of what you guys were just speaking about uh, from, a, from a biblical perspective, Nate. Um, and this is not passing judgment. I'm just asking what the scriptures say about this, uh, Nate. So from a scriptural standpoint, what is the what is a believer's position on war, right? So we see what's transpiring, yes, um, and, and the conflict, um, the loss of life on both sides, uh, much of which is innocent. Um, what would what is what is a believe what does scripture tell a believer that what position should a believer have on the on uh, on war? It says, as much as depends on you, live at peace with all men, and I believe that. Like peace should be sought. So as much as it depends on us, we should want peace. We should strive for peace. If you have people that say, screw your peace, we're going to murder you, well, then I guess it doesn't depend on us, so we need to defend ourselves. So just escalate that accordingly for war. If you have a controlling government saying, we don't want your peace, we're going to murder you all off the face of the earth, well, it doesn't depend on them anymore. They tried for peace. The other side's not letting it happen. Therefore, do what you need to do to defend yourself. Could you rightly divide that with scripture that says vengeance is mine, saith the Lord? Can you rightly divide that with that as well? Sure. I mean, does that mean everyone that says, hey, give me your sandwich? Oh, well, vengeance is God's. Here's my sandwich. Uh, give me your firstborn. Well, here you go. Vengeance is mine. So I do not believe that means anytime someone is aggressor, you just lay down and give in. That's not what I think that means at all. Otherwise, the world would have already been ended over and over and over because someone is always going to do that. So um, it can't mean that. So vengeance is God's. So I believe that is like um, when Jesus gives a great commission and says, you know, go to all the nation and tell all the people about about Jesus, about the gospel. And if they refuse you, then shake the dust from your feet and leave their fate to God. God will judge them, not you. So you don't coerce. You don't use violence. You don't use force. You simply share the gospel. And if people don't want it, leave them to their fate. Um, that's what I think that means. Yeah, and, and just on that real quick, vengeance, even in English, is not the same meaning as self-defense. Vengeance is something has happened, a matter may be mostly settled, and then you go back and rekindle it, and you seek to implement justice. That's not the, that's not even the same concept as someone saying, give me your sandwich, and you, like, do you see what I'm saying? That would be someone saying, give me your sandwich, and a year later, you murder the, yeah. 
Right, and I was going to say something similar to you, Nate. So um, it, the vengeance would be someone takes your sandwich, um, you fight back, whatever, they whoop your butt, uh, and then your big brother shows up the next day to beat up the person that took right. your sandwich. Now, your big brother's not justified in showing up tomorrow um, and beating up the person that took your sandwich, correct? Scripturally, he's not justified in doing so, is he? It That's, depends on if the sandwich stealing is going to continue. Is this an active conflict, right? Or is this a matter that's been settled? That's that's where it would lie for me. It almost it seems like we need to be careful and tread carefully on the traps. And, and now, good, being good man. Now, good man, I have a question for you. Um, you steal my sandwich. Do I go and kill the principal of the school? No. <laughs> so when it comes to war... I understand you fight the government. If it's like Israel government, if you have a problem with the, you know, IDF or whatever, you go kill them. Okay. You don't go into a home with random women, children, and babies and take them. They have no problem. They didn't steal your sandwich. So that's, that's my gripe. I, I would I agree with you. Good, good adult. Uh, What's your position on this whole situation? If we can get context. Uh, just give, Yes, I will. Question. Uh, I will. Um, it's it's uh, it's like everybody else's. It's complicated, but I'll do my best to give it to you in just a second. Uh, to Sean, though, I would I would say I agree with you a thousand percent, but that would have to apply to both sides, um, right? And so you, you, I'm sure you're aware that there's Palestinians, mothers and children that are dying innocently as well, sadly. Um, so my um, the, the answer to your other question, where I lie on this, the root of the problem, who really needs to be held accountable, this is in moving the vengeance and scriptural parts to the side, uh, who really needs to be held accountable is Great Britain. That's whose fault this all is. Yeah, that's just a that's just an insane take. Actually, it's not. They made a promise to both sides. They promised Palestine uh, during the um, uh, Arab revolt. They promised those Arabs who are today right now known as Palestinians. They promised those people land. And then when um, the Zionist movement began, they promised the land to those who were now Israel uh, were the Jews. They made a promise to both. They gave the land to, to the Jews and they did not give the land to those um, uh, Arab soldiers that participated in that Ottoman war. That's the root of the problem. Yeah. No. You think you think uh, Palestinians just just want land? You really think it's just it's over land? Are you sure? That that's where the propaganda position comes into play, right? Some are going to suggest that they only seek to kill every single um, 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 Jew, and I don't believe that's the case. Yes, that's what well, they profess. All right. That's yeah. what they say. That's what Hamas Hamas professes that, not Palestinians. Wait, wait, wait. Hey, hang on. One second. One second. One second. Hang on. Um, I know this is going to get a couple degrees away. But just take this, right? So you have, you know, you have Hamas, and then uh, this is going to be a little degrees, a few degrees away. But you know, recently there was another the uh, entire Iranian parliament. I mean, I know they're not Palestine, but I mean, it just can't be ignored because like it just happened again. The entire parliament chanted death to America. Um, anyway, so you know, if Israel's the little Satan, America's the great Satan. Um, just saying, you know, you can only ignore death to Israel, wipe them off the face of the earth so much um and if not everyone feels that way then say something it's kind of like now in the lgbtps stuff if you don't want to be synonymous with pedophilia and satanism you need to distance yourself from the lgbtps crowd because they have taken it over so if you don't want to be synonymous uh, as a palestinian if you don't want to be synonymous with death to israel kill all jews you need to say something you need to distance yourself because everyone else who's saying death to Israel, death to it, wiped them off the face of the earth, 
Um, if you don't speak up, then you are known to be part of the death to Israel crowd. That's all yeah, it takes is one voice to say, up, to say, hey, I'm a, uh, right. So, I mean, you know, it's not a comfortable this is situation. the problem is that you can have some sympathy. So I'm, I'm a woman, I'm a mother, so I'm going to have I'm going to look at it from that point of view. If I'm a woman and a mother who's grown up in, in, in a country that's under some kind of Islamic, like, how do you speak? You don't speak up. You just die. Right. And then I guess if you're lucky, you become a martyr. Um, escape might be the better option to run. Uh, change happens at grassroots. But at this point, it's almost like the woman in the position that I'm imagining who disagrees with it, like she's she's still subscribed to Islam. Like you can't like there's nothing in Christianity I feel I need to distance myself from. Like, oh, well, the Lord did that, but I, I rebuke it. You know, there, there's like and this is the problem is that the 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 problem with Islam is that it's prescriptive. Go out and do these things. Go out and slaughter these people. Eradicate them all. And so you can't sit there and say like, well, culturally, I hold to this part of Islam. And no, Hamas is the logical. They're just doing what the book says to do. Right. Like that they are following what it says. So you can't say, well, only Hamas holds to that. No, unfortunately, the mother who's grown up in it and who's raising her children in this same faith, she's not pulling apart the parts of the book that she likes and doesn't. This is what their book says to do. Add me to the queue, Nate, please. Add me to the queue. Okay, you shall be added. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, you know, the truest of Muslims are ISIS. I mean, if you read the Quran, the Hadith, and the Tafsirs, the truest of Muslims are Hamas. They're, you know, Boko Haram. They're ISIS. They're all these terrorists. And and that's why you see in the Western world these, you know, white guys and African-Americans who live in the Western world who pick up their Quran, they do their Shahada, and they learn their deen, and then they go off to fight in jihad because they realize this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And their imams are telling them. But the ones who grew up in this culture have been lied to that, oh, it's a peaceful religion and we don't do this and we don't do that and blah, 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 blah. But the reality is if you actually adhere to Islam, you would be fighting for jihad, struggling, and you would be slaughtering all the pigs and monkeys, which is what yep. Allah calls the Christians and Jews. Uh, sheep, you were next. We'll get Sheep and Edward and then back to good. Uh, sheep, what's up, Sheep? Welcome. What's up? Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to say, I mean, that was a good speech because, I mean, I don't know if you guys seen the video at Times Square. Uh, this guy literally basically threatening, you know, uh, the, the Americans. Oh, oh, he's yeah, like, that guy, oh, yeah, that guy who, yeah, like, on he his said, megaphone, he was like, you, we will not stop. We will come to your kids. You know, I'm <laughs> not, I, I am not an offensive, aggressive person, and I wouldn't be in this either because he says they're going to force it. Freaking do it. Do it. I exactly. dare you. Come on. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm loaded up. Uh, yeah, that is that. I mean, that you want to make a blood boil. I mean, that may be like the one of the most times in my life when people say that crap. Like, come on, this is a fight you do not want. Exactly. Sorry, and continue. So like, no, absolutely. Thank you. Um, so like, he's literally saying we're gonna knock every door, and make you know everyone Muslim until then we're not gonna stop. And then you see, I don't know if you guys seen also the part where this. Palestinians were showing the, you know, our police officers how, you know, a baby was being beheaded by, you know, those Muslims and like spitting on him and then like bragging about the nine uh, Americans that died 
and we're like spitting on our police and everything. And so this is not just, you know, politic and government thing. This is a religion thing. And they've been waiting to do this for a long time. So I don't know what you're talking about, but about the good, but I think you need to do more research and, and everything else. So uh, that's all I could say, because this is more than just politic and land. Yeah, uh, just Edward. read the documents that they adhered to. That's Please add me to the queue, Nate. Please add me to the queue. Yes, You're you in are, the queue, bro. <laughs> uh, Edward, hey. what's up, Edwin? Hey, I, I can't talk too much. I got to go off work. I just want to share two passages of scripture. Um, Psalm 83, and it lists many of the Arab nations, the inner circle around the nation of Israel. And it's interesting, Asaph is a prophet, by the way. He gives the mentality of these nations. The mentality. What does he say? They have said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel may be no more remembrance. Okay? And that's prophecy, by the way. And I believe this Psalm 83 war is about to occur at some point. It's first the inner, and look, it lists many nations. It gives, it gives the, the, uh, those that they, the ancient names of these nations, if you read it carefully, it's like 10 different nations. They want to cut off not just not just about the land. They want to eliminate all the Israelites. And just one other nation, one other passage, and I'll be done. I gotta head out. Give out. I'm gonna give God's opinion about His thoughts about dividing up the land of Israel that belongs to Israel and to God. Joel chapter three verses two. This is the context. Is the the second coming it says, "I will gather all the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, and I will enter into judgment with them there, on behalf of my people and my heritage, Israel." Why? Because they have scattered them among the nations and they have divided up my land. That's God's opinion on what happens when you divide up God's land. God's going to punish the nations. Punish them. It's God's land. It's Israel's land. It's not the Palestinians. With that, goodbye. I got a little work. Take care. Take care, Reverend. Uh, good. Good. Uh, I think he's on a call. He's on a call. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Don't forget to add him to the queue, though, Nate. Oh my god! Gosh, that's I, the thing, I, I though. I was laying traps, guys. Let's see what Fury has to say. What's up, Fury? Hi, Fury. Hey, guys. Are you being? Are you prepared to be converted to Islam from a, that dude yelling like a psycho on a microphone in New York City? Uh, he's coming for you. What do you think about that? Well, there, there's psychos with microphones on all sides. So let's not forget that. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I probably don't have a popular opinion on this whole scenario because uh, I don't, again, is it something like, I, um, I don't agree with Hamas and I, obviously it's terrorism. Obviously it's horrible. Obviously it's the work of the devil, but uh, I think it's oh, good. The end. I think you're more. naive though. What? If you put two point, whatever million people, 2.1 million, I think and that small area and blockade them and, you know, treat them basically like second-class citizens by through the law and ex not expect them to go batshit crazy every once in a while. <laughs> I don't know. You know? Oh, you, you mean like how the Egyptians closed it off and they didn't want to let them come back into Egypt? Yeah. Again, how, you can how, provide... How, right, how but that's Jews, not a logical argument. That's a what if. That's a what about they want to slaughter every Jew? That's not what about -ism. Yeah, it's yeah, it is. Babies that are decapitated. Right now, so you're so what you're saying then is, is it is okay because it happened somewhere else? Then that's your argument. No, it's it's <clears throat> so let's ourselves not be crazy people about this. Um, 
Like, I, I pretty much don't care I, what someone says. Just say it nicely and don't... I, I'm just saying, like, but, so, I, so, I don't well, agree well, with it, right? For a, Violence for is base, never the answer. Hang on. Okay, good, good. I, I was going to... You went further than I was going to say. I was going to say, we can all agree decapitated babies are bad, and no one deserves that. No one had that coming, right? Can we all... I think we can all start there and then work our way back. Sure, but, I mean, have okay, you seen... Good. Right. But, like... To, to, but what you guys are doing right now is literally this, like, sensa- like it's like this level one perspective of, oh, let me you look at all this. Sensational. All right. Are we going to behave or not? Oh, we're trying. Right, go ahead, like, Shree. Again, I'm, I'm on the side of good, of God here. I'm just trying to add some perspective here because I think people are approaching this as if they, like, oh, they see a sensational headline and then they want to go and grab their pitchforks and, you know, torches and everything. Uh, and apparently, oh, this is the atrocity I'm going to care about today, not everywhere else in the world, uh, you know, or, or anything else that sort of happened that may have led up to this sort of situation. Again, Chris, can I come and take your stuff? Can I take your house and just live there because I, I can I lay claim to it? And it's that claim is enforced by, you know, uh, a larger power that will just kill you and, you know, forcibly evict you from well, your property like that's their I mean, opinion right well so this get, this all go, the time well, well this goes i, I understand it. it this goes back this goes back to like you know might may not make right but might makes the way it is israel could have like you know genocided these people 70 years ago but they didn't for some reason um you know to, to play nice to try to have peace so if someone's like feels like they're being oppressed or second class citizens i mean it seems like if there was less crazy people trying to murder them every day, maybe though, maybe everyone would be equal. Maybe everyone would be peaceful. But it's like if you have people who are constantly like, well, you're here. You shouldn't be. Yeah, this is your ancestral homeland. You lost the battle. You got kicked out. Now you're back. It's like, you know, if someone comes and forces me off my property. That's my property. If it takes me 20 years to come back and claim it, they can't say, oh, you're an invader. This is our land. No, this is always my land. Now I have the ability to come back and take it. So I'm not taking your stuff. I'm reclaiming what you took from me. Right. Um, but you so can't get upset. Is. You but, can't get but, upset the Indians for being but, upset. I was just about to say that. Right. Oh, so yeah. if I came, if, if I came back and I took the people who invaded my house and took me, you know, kicked me off my land, and I said, look, I have the might. I can murder you all right now, and no one can complain because no one of, of your side is alive. But here's what I'm going to do. Even though this is my ancestral homeland, I'm going to set up a border. You stay in your area, I'll stay in mine, and we can live at peace. Great. And then these people are like, okay, sure, and they agree. And then they decide they don't like that. So they start, like, you know, burning, pitchforking, like, shooting missiles, shooting bullets, killing my people. I'm like, okay, guys, I'm still going to abide by the agreement, but things are going to get more restrictive. I build a higher border. I start putting guns on those borders to keep people from coming over. If people get too close, people get shot. Then they're like, you're oppressing me. I'm a second-class citizen. It wouldn't have been this way if you wouldn't have started murdering my people. So over and over, it gets more and more repressive and restrictive. You can't you can't blame anyone else other than the person who's who's making it more restrictive. Anyways, False. that's. Disagree. I have a question for you, real quick, Nate. What oh, would sorry. you do if a member from the Seminole Nation knocked on your door right now and showed a document that that land that your house sits on belonged to them? I would say I disregard your land if you have the force to take it from me then I guess I can't stop you if you have the force to take it from me and kill me. But instead, you say, okay, I, this is my land. I can take it from you by force and kill you. 
or I can live at peace with you and you can still have a corner of the land. Would you like that? I would think, well, crap. Okay. And then I would, I would live peacefully with them. Um, and I wouldn't try to like, you know, suicide bomb them with members of my clan or group or whatever. Can I, uh, yeah, but hang, hang I mean, on. No, can I, I add something to that? To, Let me I, wait, 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 Steph was asking a question. Let's get her, uh, let's get a response. So that, that's my response, Steph. Um, yep, I think that's have, consistent. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, Nate, okay. can I, right, so can I say something real now. quick? No, wait, I, I, it was cue, somewhere between, so wait, 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 wait. It was somewhere between good and fury. I don't remember which one was first. Good, let's just say it was you. Well, I was going to follow up on what Nate was saying. So. Uh, go, Fury. Good, then we'll go, to go. Fury. Okay, Fury. My, my point is, like, I, I agree with you, right? This is the way of the world, right? Uh, force. However, I want people to understand that that's what happened, though, right? Because I think a lot of people play this game where they act as if, like, oh, this was it was the right thing to do, kicking these people out. You know? Like, of course it was going to provoke attacks. In fact, if you guys read anything about this, which I doubt, no offense, but I doubt a lot of people hasn't you know, what happened mm. back in the day. But a lot of people in our United States government were vehemently against the creation of, of the state, right? Because they were, they were literally were like, you know, this is going to really stir up a lot of conflict and we don't think you should do this. Uh, President Truman, <laughs> he, he went against that recommendation and he did have some supporters, right? But I'm just saying like, there's a context here, that's all. And I don't think it's a good idea to look at any group of people, you know, group them all into a bucket and call them, you know, uh, you know, oh, these are less than human and, and they're all just dumb terrorists. I don't think that's accurate. And, and by the way, there actually are Christians in this area, too, as well, by the way. Yeah. Right, I, we, gonna... we, yeah. What well, and what creed do they believe? Because I guarantee they're probably. Well, right, yeah, but I hang on. Wait, 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 uh, yes. Um, just Is that thinking. the game we're playing? But, hang on. There was good. Yes. Uh, good, good was next, but um, crap. I wanted to interject something real quick. Oh, I I hate relitigating grievances of the past. At some point, get over it. Like you know, because people still try to litigate grievances of the Bible for the Amalekites, like thousands of years ago. I'm like, bro, it is over. Stop it. Uh, relitigating slavery from like 300 years ago. Stop it. Like people people have issues going around right now. You're never going to solve anything if you keep relitigating grievances of the past so in this case you know like 70 something years ago so at some point yeah it sucks everyone got screwed in different ways so what now 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 is, you know there has to be a line otherwise someone's always going to be like but what about this this happened first this happened first this happened first um so anyway that's that's my take right, good you were next good appreciate you yeah all, uh, so i'm gonna say three things i make them very quick i know the people want to speak but to nate's point right there that right there that last statement he's made is the identifier of someone who's a bad adult because only those who are the oppressors only those who are the victors <laughs> have the position of i hate relitigating i hate justice i hate setting wrongs right only those who win and oppress others have their liberty of holding that position let's be clear second of all i wish everybody would look up the um mcmahon hussein Correspondence. It's a gentleman, the McMahon Hussein correspondence. I wish everyone would look that up. That is the root of the conflict today. If it was not for the fact that the yeah, British Army. Order. 
if, if it was not for the fact that the British army double-crossed those Arabs who assisted in the Arab revolt to overtake the Ottomans, we wouldn't be where we're at right now, but Nate doesn't want to relitigate that issue. The third thing I want to say to Stephanie earlier, she put forth the idea, and I am not obviously a Muslim, I understand they're false believers, don't, don't misconstrue what I'm about to say, yeah, but her yeah, position, I just want to, shut, shut up. Um, her, her point to suggest that um, the entire totality of the Quran is one book which is rooted in asking and demanding and calling for the death of all of Israel is false in this context. Those are radicals that have that position, not everyone who qualifies to be a believer of Islam, even though it's a false religion. And I'll give a perfect scenario or an example of such. We all know during the child slavery during the 1500s there in America, those slave masters were all founding fathers who happened to be Christians, were um, supporting their position of slavery were supporting their position of slavery largely based off of their under fourth understanding of scripture. So you we And they're all burning in hell. All right, so wait, let wait, me wait. man I'm almost done. We could make we could have, the people of that time could have stated the same thing of those American Christians to suggest that they're all radicals. They all have a book uh, that they supports did. they but they were wrong. And as they were wrong I just want to land, darling. As they were wrong. Did you call about, me darling? Oh, I don't yes. know what mod being. I was just about to throw in. I, I know you. All right, I want to respond to this. I'm, I'm, I'm no, going to land my. Wait, can, I can I finish? Wait, 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 wait. Why on, can wait, I finish? Wait, wait. Everyone, everyone stop. Hey, hang on. Everyone stop. Uh, everyone stop. Good. Take 30 just, seconds and finish. And then I am. Got it. Got it. Want, and good. then there's somewhere I want to go. So fair. Wait, can I respond? Because he's talking to me. No. He called me. He called me an oppressor. So just no, I did not call you an oppressor. Those who are, anyway, irrelevant. You're not going to derail my point. Here's the point. For those who want, for those who want to hold the position that the Quran is completely a book that has a complete hatred towards um, uh, Israel, that that would be a false equivalency for those who have. It would be a false equivalent to those who would suggest that the Bible had a complete a complete support of slavery against black people. It was false then for them. There are people that are radicalized who are is part of Islam. That does not mean that everyone supports that narrative. Okay. Hey, he just called wait, me a wait, slavery wait. endorser. Wait, I have a plan. I'm just gonna drop people. Like I've I've asked nicely enough. Like don't interrupt. I'm not talking to you, Steph. Um, but everyone else, just calm yourselves. There's somewhere I want to go. I wanted to give Good the unprecedented opportunity to continue on about another minute. Uh, he says he didn't call me an oppressor, but I mean, you're like, well, that's only something an oppressor would say. So take about another minute if you'd like to continue down this road about how everyone who takes the stance I did about not relitigating the past um, and being a giant baby for doing that, buck up and move on. So if you'd like to continue down that path about another minute and sure. tell us how we're oppressors, go ahead and then we'll let Steph respond for the crap you said to her. Right, so yeah. Because uh, that's something an oppressor uh, would do, right? Let you keep talking, go ahead. Right, right. You, you can you can try to defer with that tactic, but that's not going to work. Here's the point. It still stands alone. We all know the principle of to the spoils of war go the victor, right? Of course, it serves you no good to relitigate past wrongs or transgressions if those transgressions benefit you in a position that you are not. Let me repeat, you are not oppressed. So why would you go back and relitigate it? Why? To make it more fair and take away some sort of privilege or opportunities or benefits which it garnered you? That'd be silly, right? But of course, those individuals who could recognize that those transactions that happened in the past are a cause for their current circumstances stance of being oppressed today would want to go back and rewrite those wrongs. You have the liberty and privilege of saying you don't want to go back and rewrite the past or excuse me, relitigate the past because it doesn't serve you in any way. Okay. Uh, thank you for that. Now I will just say, uh, yeah, this is good. Let's not interrupt. Steph, we're coming right to you, but I would, so I, I don't want to say you're Can a racist. You? Hang on. Yeah, 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 Brennan. I don't want to call you a racist or an oppressor, but you don't know anything about my history. So, you know, my family was direct recipients 
of being screwed in the potato famine by Great Britain, uh, by England. So I could go back and start grievances in a campaign and try to seek money from the crown for screwing my ancestors and making us starve. And probably who knows how many of my ancestors died and my lineage was wiped out because of the famine caused by England. Uh, so I am a victim if you want to do that. But I'm also not a giant weenie. And I'm like, you know, it's been too far in the past. Yeah, that sucks. Who knows how many cousins and relatives that, that I'll never know because they were never invented or never created because, you know, my ancestors died, uh, many of them. So I could play that victim game, but that's trash. Move on, me. And that's what I told myself, and that's what I did. So I could play whatever side you want, but I don't want to be that person. It's time to move on. Uh, Steph. You were called a what slave master or what were what what's your thing that you wanted to talk about? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm so your response was so good, I lost all my points. Uh, I don't know, man. Like you just said a whole bunch of nonsense. The idea that the Quran and the Hadiths don't teach to eradicate infidels is just asinine. And then you melding that in somehow with like American black nationalist violent rhetoric i i don't even know where to begin with that i kind of lost it all i mean here's the problem right if you have any education in what islam teaches you are not looking at this conflict and saying oh man those poor muslims oh it's like no they're following their directive they have a you know they have a directive they have a mandate to go behave this way right so that's what they're doing they're following the, the faith in which they were brought up. They're following the faith that they hold to. If you say that the Quran teaches not to eliminate the Jews and not to eliminate the Christians, you have not read it. That's it. So, so your point is just silly. And then somehow invoking that, like, all of our founding fathers were slave masters when Alexander Hamilton led a coalition of abolitionists like 100 years before the Civil War. I don't even know what to tell you about that. But anyway, yeah, okay, that, that ends my soapbox. Okay, so in the queue, uh, Rich, I read what you wanted to say. You wanted to address good, and, and you guys can correspond in a, in a minute about the Quran, what he said. Brandon also asked to get in. So before that, Rich, uh, Brandon, yes, what yeah, would that, you like to say? Well, yeah, it, it was, uh, I guess as far as first on the Palestinian uh, conflict thing, uh, I was going to say first, I think it's, um, I, my, my, my heart is really sad, and I guess as far as innocent people being killed on either side of the conflict. And, and again, I emphasize the word innocent people who really, who didn't have anything to do with it either on either side of it. Uh, because I hate to see anybody on a position wake up and their child isn't alive and they don't know what happened. Uh, but I guess looking at it. And so it's a, it's an interesting position because I'm a fundamentalist believer in biblical prophecy. Uh, when you look at the position uh, in the overall history of the world, nations getting into it, people being moved from their lands, that is the overarching uh, history of our world. Uh, this is not something new, but overall, I do believe that God did make a promise to Abraham uh, that he would fulfill some of these things to the nation of Israel. But the issue, I guess, and, and, I, and, and I say this, of course, respectfully, that I'm not sure if it was the job of the United Nations or any other government to bestow the land to the nation of Israel. The way I believe the scripture teaches is that when he comes, uh, that he is the one who is going to do these things. And if anything, this is going to be the job of the Antichrist, who's going to try to bestow a, a sense of false uh, equity among the nations. Uh, so I guess that has always been something I always have been somewhat cautious with. 
as it relates to, um, I guess some some of the issues, I guess with Islam, I would agree uh, to the extent that the the more docile Muslims that we are accustomed to, that they are actually following a more abhorrent form of Islam. That they would be more like a Unitarian Universalist form of Islam. That that is not Islam proper. That when you look at Islam and it's more or native form, that it is a more aggressive religion. Now, thankfully, especially in the West, most Muslims that I know are not like, they're not, uh, I, I would say, closer to like the original type Muslims. I would say uh, historically, they have modified it. But I would say a Muslim following, I guess, closer to the original thought processes and what the Quran teaches, I could very easily say, see how a person could come to the conclusions that like groups like the Taliban and Hamas comes to. But, and, and I guess as far as like, just to sum up, and I don't want to go too long because I got to finish doing what I'm doing, but as far as like the narrative with, uh, you know, and, and I get as far as like, you know, wanting to look at how I could see how these Palestinians feel the way that they do, things like that. And, and I think there are some good arguments that could be made on both sides uh, because, even like people talk about the issues like with slavery, things like that. I think sometimes, and of course, I think slavery is wrong, of course, and I can trace it back directly on my mother's side. But when you look at the overall history of slavery, it's, I mean, this has been the issue of humanity since we have started. But at the end of the day, uh, if I'm going to hold the Bible to what it says, that there is a day coming that the small, both dead and great, are going to stand before God. Uh, now, this is not to say that we should not seek the right course of actions within reason, uh, but there are going to be some things that are going to escape our ability to make them equitable in this life. But I do believe there is a day of judgment that we call the day of reckoning uh, that's going to be worse than sitting before any human judge. And uh, it behooves us now to get it right to the best that we can. And if one doesn't want to get it right, well, that's on you, buddy, because you got to see the judge. But, you know, trying to live back uh, 1,500 years from now and things like that. And I remember I was, and I say this and I close, I was in a project in uh, Salt Lake City and I was working with a guy. He was a nice guy. He was a white guy, but he was super liberal. Uh, he was he was, he was so opposed to me under politics and he was so busy trying to tell me, like, why I was a victim. Uh, pretty much because I was black in oppression. And I, and I, you know, and I told him and I said, well, man, I said, well, if anybody could play the, I guess, the victim card, I guess I could, you know, like, uh, you know, didn't know my dad, you know, was adopted by my grandparents, broken family situation, whole nine yards. But I said, if you take the right for me to be able to fail in life, then you take the right for me to be able to claim my own victory. And to me, it's kind of like, can I at least have the right to fail? You know, it just, to me, it, it's, it's kind of dehumanized. And again, there are things that impact people that are legitimate issues and there are systemic issues, but can I at first at least accept responsibility for my own actions? And at least after I've done that, when we can legitimately own the things that I've done, then look at the other issues. But Sometimes I think it takes away the responsibility from me as a man, and I and I just don't appreciate. It. Well, thanks, Brandon. Uh, Rich, you wanted to address what Good said about the Quran. Oh yeah, yeah, I love this. <clears throat> so let's start with Quran two one ninety one through one ninety three, and kill them wherever you find oh, them, and turn them out from wherever they have turned you out. Uh, so yeah, that, that's saying if anybody disrespects you or kicks you out, then you kill them. Uh, let's see. Uh, then fight and 
then fight in call uh, then fight in the cause of Allah and know that Allah heareth uh, and knoweth all things uh, fighting has been enjoyed upon uh, you while uh, enjoined upon you while there is hateful uh, it is hateful to you but perhaps you uh, perhaps you hate a thing and it's good for you and perhaps a loving thing and is bad for you and Allah knows while you know not it makes that perfect sense uh, we'll see we will cast terror into the hearts of those who disbelieve uh, for what they have associated with Allah uh, so let those fight where's the one about melting the fat from the infidels bellies yeah he also calls Jews and Christians pigs and monkeys he actually turned Christians and Jews into pigs and monkeys uh, also, in the end times, uh, Allah says that uh, he's going to cause the rocks to come alive and speak. And the rocks will say, oh, servant of Allah, there is a Jew here hiding behind me. Come and kill him. Uh, also, then you have uh, whenever you invade a neighboring city, uh, it says do not commit adultery except for those that your right hand possesses. Because Muhammad's followers were saying, oh, hey. We feel really bad because we know these women that we kidnapped. We know that their husbands are still alive, and we don't want to commit adultery, but we've already been having sex with them, so we feel bad about it. What are we supposed to do? Muhammad goes and sleeps on it, wakes up the next morning and says, listen, do not commit adultery except for the, those that your right hands possess. Saying clearly that you can have sex, rape, you can rape women and commit adultery with them. Uh, I mean, there's so many different verses, and... Hadith, I mean, it's just, there's so many to list. I mean, if it, if you need other stuff, I mean, just let me know if that's not sufficient. Uh, good. Um, before we move on to get some new people in here, would you like to defend uh, Islam and the Quran? Yeah, uh, don't do that. I'm not defending Islam, nor am I defending the Quran. I'm just making a clear point that as it just stated to the gentleman a moment ago, and you, we all know this because you do this all the time and you go in your back and forths about the importance of context. So yes, he read those verses. I think you could agree, Nate, that I could read verses from Scripture without context would call for, for war, for killing, and for murder, but it would be justified from a scriptural standpoint. Could I not read verses right now from Scripture outside of context that would sound and suggest, Nate, okay. that... Can I answer that? On. No, you can't. That, Nate, could I... That, that was... You see how I don't. You see how I don't. You see how I don't interrupt well, anybody. Let you me know when I can question. go, Nate. I'll wait. I'll wait. I, really I did quick. not answer have, a question. I, I did not seconds. ask a question. I did not. I did not. I didn't. Oh, I did not. I didn't finish speaking. I did not even finish speaking. Let me know when I can go. I'll wait. We already addressed this. Okay, thank you. We did not address it. If we addressed it, Nate wouldn't have asked me to speak. He wouldn't have asked me to respond. You asked a question. I'm going to answer it. I didn't ask a question. You just now you green beaner. So I see the. I've been green beaner. Now you do. No, you know. No, you weren't. Because you said a moment ago if you agree. Okay, oh Steph, I was gonna say, you know, as a moderator, if you'd like to go ahead and interject something, please do. But then, good, I was going to give you a chance to do what you say, and you said you need context. So I was gonna forego your diatribe and just say, can you please add context to the I just wish, you, you know, Nate, I come and I dialogue How with you every you day. How are you again? Good. I'm trying to, I'm trying to help you. I was going to give you a chance to add context. I didn't need you to go on a diatribe. We get it. You said he didn't add context. I was going to allow you that possibility. But instead, you're losing your marbles. Steph, please say what you wanted to say. 
Yes, that's a very quick answer that we already addressed, right? We could pull biblical scripture out of context. The difference between the Bible and the Quran is going to be that the Quran is prescriptive. The Bible is descriptive. We can take verses of the Jews explaining uh, what they wish would happen to their enemies or of God telling them what to do to their enemies, and it's the Bible reporting the news. The Quran is not reporting the news in those cases, and some of them he was. Like two of them that he read were past tense. Uh, but the, the Quran is prescriptive. Go out and do this. That's, there's your answer to your question. Good adult. Is he still around? Oh, I was going to bring him back again. Hey, I'm nothing if not fair. I was going to give the devil his due. I don't know. Are we saying he's possessed by Satan at this point? I'm not sure. I won't go there. Uh, random. What's up, Random? I don't think we've heard you speak today. Yesterday, you said I divine could bring up divine, divine hiddenness. And unfortunately, I have like five minutes left to talk. <laughs> um, what was it? Was it explain divine hiddenness or something about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, the, the, the problem of divine hiddenness. Okay, what is the problem of divine hiddenness? Uh, if there's not any specifically apparent... Uh, representation of God existing, then how is that easy to differentiate between him not existing? Well, I mean, I think, well, yeah, I mean, I think biblically, like, you know, honest, open, sincere heart and inquiry, and you will find God. So if you don't do that, well, then you can't, I don't think it would be proper because, you know, keep in mind, the way you get divine hiddenness is theology from the scriptures. So if you just consider the scriptures about you know, that people will get to divine hiddenness from, will consider the other scriptures that say things like, you know, everyone knows there's God, but he will not be hid if you call on him, if you pray to Jesus, uh, acknowledge him, uh, God is going to show up for you and it will not be hidden anymore. Um, if you don't do that, though, then I would say it is, as you say, God's going to forever seemingly be hid to you. Uh, but the way to rectify that is do what the scriptures say, where we get the theology that says, if you pray to Jesus, ask him to save you, forgive you, you repent of your sins, go the other direction, um, ask for eternal life, you will receive it. And God himself will live with you and lead you into further truth and understanding. Um, that would be the answer to the problem of divine hiddenness. What, what if I do what, what if I do what is suggested to do and still hiddenness? Then if you truly do that, um, you'll have lots of Christians who will say you didn't do it right or you did it wrong or something like that. And, you know, you didn't do it the right way. Um, but then you'll have me that says, well, look, I don't know your heart. Uh, God does. That's between you and the God I posit to exist. Uh, but taking you at your word, like Michael, lots of times, uh, you know, will say, well, look, I have did this. I have did that. I'm open if God wants to find me. And I think, OK, if you want to know my honest assessment, um, if you've truly done that, open, honest, sincere, seeking God, then I believe you will find him. Um, it, it's hard for me to, to, you know, I don't want to be judgy. I don't want to say you didn't do it the right way. But when you say you've done that, and then in the next breath, you're making, you know, you're making like very vehement points about how you are Gnostic and know that no God exists. Well, if you're taking such a ardent standpoint that God does not exist, Yet you also say you've exercised faith that maybe he is real and, you know, you're open, sincere, you're praying to Jesus. Are you really? Those two seem difficult. So I would say it's something like that in my humble opinion. But um, at least if you've done that, 
then I would say, fine. If you've truly done that and you feel like you've done that, then at least you've done what the Bible says. And now you have uh, a more solid foundation to attack Christianity. Um, while I will still have questions about the sincerity, but I'm not going to say that, you know, you didn't do it right or something like that, because that's ultimately between you and God. Hey, Nate, can I jump in sometime? After we get a response from him, yes. How, uh, how do I know if I've been sincere? Right. And that's all you. Like, I mean, I can give you some, I mean, I guess I can give you some suggestions, but this is coming third party from someone that doesn't know, you know, your innermost self. So that, that's something you really have to figure out. I think there's actually a simple metric. Do you continue? You know, if you do this one evening in your bedroom and you're like, oh, well, that didn't work. God's not real. It's like, well, did you do it the next night? Did you attend a church to see what they have to say? Did you talk? Like, right, it's a continued effort. It's not a one and done thing. That would be the measurement for me. Uh, Rich, you wanted to say something about this? Oh, uh, not about this specifically. Is it okay to go back to good or no? Oh, uh, well, hang on, because uh, yeah. well, I think good left. But uh, random only has a few more minutes. So random, yeah. Uh, random. Oh, he dipped. No, can I speak to the audience then? So he doesn't get sure. considered what he was saying. So everything that he was talking about slavery and all the atrocious and bad things that people have done for the past 2000 years in the name of Jesus, we would all openly reject like the things that, you know, going around and cutting people's heads off or not converting to Christianity and stuff is completely wrong. Like if people did that, which there's historical accounts, but if, my point is, is that the Muslims won't do that. They say Allah Akbar and God is greater and he's amazing and he commands us to do these even today. But the reality is in 1775, the Quakers were the ones that were openly against for abolition of slavery a year before the signing of the Declaration of Independence. You know, so I mean, like Steph was saying, you know, it's, it's all reading the news. And the reality is, is that all the things that happened in the Bible had already happened or it was things that God had commanded. And when you read the Quran, the difference between the Bible and the Quran in the end times, God is going to come down and pour his wrath upon the earth. And in the Quran, Allah doesn't have the power. So he's going to command all the Muslims to go and slaughter everybody. Almost like he's not really God. And kind of to Chris's point yesterday, I can't get it out of my head, Chris. Um, the subhuman comment. <laughs> I'm not calling a whole people group subhuman. But the one who the, the ones who are perpetrating the most grievous attacks, I think it actually may accurately apply. Like if you heard some of the videos, like how, you know, they were like, you know, throwing women in vans and stuff like that and like waving their like dirty guns up in the air. The way he was screaming, Alhu Akbar, it sounded, I'm just like, is this a, are we being punked? It sounded straight up like the sand people from Star Wars. I don't know if I would say that they're subhuman, though. It, it, they've they've lost part of what makes humans human. Right? Like, you've, like you've completely lost it's not that, about, that, like... Yeah, it's not about their nature or their value as a human life. It's that, like, you have become a monster. More along that line. Well, it's like you've devolved to the part where you've lost, like, what makes humans humans. Um, I, I don't know, like, the sense of of empathy or will or like when you can when you can do that gleefully to other humans you know like like twisting their legs broken behind them like you know like just straight up like torture um i say you have lost something 
that not even the animal kingdom does. So, I mean, I think if we don't want to call them subhumans, because that sounds bad, the specific people doing things like that that have lost their humanity, I mean, I think that kind of is the definition. But if we don't want to say that because that's too mean, I think that may be a time where I would agree if Chris said they are probably possessed by demons, if that sounds a little easier. No, I agree. I think the word subhuman implies something about their inherent value. That they're they're more like a like an animal or something. I but yeah, I would agree I mean, with what you're saying the second time. Like it, it, they've they've lost humanity, right? And I mean, you know, as long as they're living, there is a chance to repent. I mean, you know, the right. the depravity of themselves, I think, makes that incredibly unlikely. But in the interest of never saying never, it could happen. They could fall on their face before God, repent, and become a missionary. And probably die, uh, and probably die um, along the way, and be a martyr. Um, but they could. But the chances oh. they are very, very slim. Yeah, I was going to just repeat what Brandon said, which right, which is Paul literally wrote seventy percent of the New Testament, and we all take him as a you know a great, great uh, you know believer. So uh, you know it can happen. Uh, will it most likely happen? Probably not. But uh, you know. Um, and I'm, I'm, and you know, with, with what's going on, like, I'm actually getting really, really worried. Like, uh, you know, Hamas's leaders came out on Friday or said that Friday is going to be like the day of, of reckoning and that they want martyrs. Um, and you know, that, that worries that I think that worries a lot of people, not just people in Israel, but people in the UK, people in the U S who, you know, who knows if there is, you know, uh, you know, Islamic uh, cells uh, who are prepared to die for their cause um, and attack other nations. So uh, that oh, it's not was... it's not is there? There one hundred percent are, and I, I think you yeah. know going back to corrupt governments, it's like you know I I believe I think I'm being convinced that yes, government is full of incompetence, but I almost think the you got to mute Keegan. I think the evil outweighs it. So do we really believe these people are so dumb? They're just like, open borders, this is good, blah, 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 in the U.S. at least. Um, no, they have an agenda. They're wanting to, on the good side, let in lots of people as their party to create new voters of that party. Um, hopefully it will backfire because a lot of these people coming from places are governed by the people we're governed by now, um, the same type. And they're very, very much opposed to that because that's what they're fleeing from. Um, so hopefully it will backfire. On the other hand, um, they they have to know, like you know, there's documented terrorists that people have on the terror watch list that people have lost track quote lost track of, and you know, so between giving them money, stipends, cell phones, and all this other stuff, uh, it's as easy as all these people getting a text message to say, yeah, like Friday, like yeah, it's go time, go. Um, so do we think our government is just like oblivious and unaware and naive? Maybe a lot of them. But I think the ones at the top, the ones really in control, probably have backwood deals to consolidate back backroom deals to consolidate power. And if some of these things go on, they're going to blame like, you know, the Second Amendment or gun violence. And they're going to use that to limit the citizen, the freedoms of citizens here um, because all these other people are attacking and they're like, oh, guns are bad. See, Second Amendment's bad. It's not an absolute right. Um, but I, I think, you know, we've had it too good for too long. And I mean it's not far-fetched to think things are going to get worse. Um, so I, I think, you know, concern and being vigilant is important, but on one hand, it's like, look, 
when you increasingly have nothing to lose, um, and right now people still have a lot to lose, but as that goes more and more, people will have less and less to lose. So they can kind of get in touch with that like frontier savagery that, you know, made the United States what it is. So to that end, it's like, do you want to try to like appease people so they so they won't make threats and won't threaten you with bad stuff? Or at a certain point, you know, it's like, you know what? Let's go. Like someone's walking away, someone's not. You want a war, you've got one. Anyway, that is my humble take. No, no, I actually, you know, whether, as my wife says, I put my tinfoil hat on every morning and, uh, and, you know, I, I agree with you, Nate, that, you know, I don't think our government's this stupid to be letting in this many people and this many people, you know, I've seen videos of like military age men in boats and it's like, those don't seem like families. And, uh, you know, so, you know, I, I do worry and, you know, Put your tinfoil hat on if you may, but you know I took I took work work off on uh, on Friday because I was like I don't know if there's gonna be a terrorist attack against the U.S. because you know a lot of Islamic leaders are saying that they want that to happen, but uh, if there's gonna be, I want to spend that day with my family, and it's a weird thing, but like I don't think I've ever been to that point where I'm like I'm willing to like you know take days off of work because I'm worried about. A possible attack on the U.S. until now, but uh, it's a really, I think the most scariest I've ever lived uh, in the U.S. is right now. Well, don't be scared. Be prepared. You know, praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. Um, you know, to get biblical, you know, don't fear those who can destroy the body. Uh, fear that, fear God who can destroy the soul. Right. So it's like, look, just in general, if it if I wasn't a religious person, if I was a secular person. You know, like many of the, the founding people were, you could say they were deists or whatever, but they weren't like, you know, true disciples of Christ to that end. Um, but they still knew like it was between freedom and tyranny. They're going to fight to the death. And that's what they did. If you add the component of being a, a spirit filled religious, you know, disciple of Jesus, it's like, look, the, in 100 years, we're all dead anyway. Then what? You continue existing. Where are you going to live with our creator? So it's like there's nothing to fear but fear itself, right? Is that another Roosevelt one, Steph? Yep. Student of history. So it's like, look, I want peace. I advocate for peace. Like, all about peace. Like, I don't need trouble. I don't want trouble. But I'm not going to appease trouble. So if you're like, oh, well, you know, do this. Give us this. Or other countries. Like, give us aid. Give us billions of dollars or we're going to be really mad. How about I set your billions of dollars on fire and make you watch? And if you do something, we'll level you. How about that? Except, you know, the people in charge currently don't share that attitude. Anyway, so whether it's global, whether it's government, whether it's individual, you know, be concerned, be vigilant, be prepared, and whatever comes, comes. Also, I was going to say on uh, constitutionality and jurisprudence on the Constitution, the Second Amendment and First Amendment, uh, the Constitution doesn't actually give you the rights or inalienable rights from God. All the Constitution actually does is restricts the government from interfering uh, with your uh, inalienable rights. Correct. That's right, 100%. Uh, Chris, you've been very quiet for very long. I got to run. Nate, I have a meeting now, so I'm going to run and then I'll be back in like 30 minutes. But uh, I just want to congratulate you on Praise the Lord and Pass the Ammunition. That's my new favorite. I'm going to make a t shirt. Like, <laughs> yes. Amen. Uh, Chris, are you speaking? Or are you in your uh, bunker?
All right, Saint. Uh, what's up, Saint? Are you speaking? Yeah, I, I just say I think America needs a shaking. Like I think we've gotten complacent and with a bunch of wealth. Like we have it so good compared to the rest of the world, and we complain when like the LGBT starts speaking against our book, but throughout history. Like they're killing Christians all over the place, and I think we become weak as as the body in America. Oh, I think we'll get a shaking. <laughs> all right, I think that is about the end of my day. I think we've covered enough ground. Well, everyone, have an awesome day, and we will catch you all later.